This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ozma of Oz, a record of her adventures with Dorothy Gale of Kansas, The Yellow Hen, The Scarecrow, The Tin Woodman, Tick-Tock, The Cowardly Lion, and The Hungry Tiger, besides other good people too numerous to mention, faithfully recorded herein, by L. Frank Baum, the author of The Wizard of Oz, The Land of Oz, etc. To all the boys and girls who read my stories, and especially to the Dorothys, this book is lovingly dedicated. Author's Note My friends the children are responsible for this new Oz book, as they were for the last one, which was called The Land of Oz. Their sweet little letters plead to know more about Dorothy, and they ask, What became of the Cowardly Lion, and... What did Osmond do afterward? Meaning, of course, after she became the ruler of Oz. And some of them suggest plots to me, saying, Please have Dorothy go to the land of Oz again, or Why don't you make Ozma and Dorothy meet and have a good time together? Indeed, could I do all that my little friends ask, I would be obliged to write dozens of books to satisfy their demands. And I wish I could, for I enjoy writing these stories just as much as the children say they enjoy reading them. Well, here is more about Dorothy, and about our old friends the Scarecrow and the Tin Woodman, and about the Cowardly Lion, and Ozma, and all the rest of them. And here, likewise, is a good deal about some new folks that are queer and unusual. One little friend who read this story before it was printed said to me, Belina is real Ozzy, Mr. Baum, and so are Tick-Tock and the Hungry Tiger. If this judgment is unbiased and correct, and the little folks find this new story real Ozzy, I shall be very glad indeed that I wrote it. But perhaps I shall get some more of those very welcome letters from my readers, telling me just how they like Ozma of Oz. I hope so, anyway. L. Frank Baum Makatawa, 1907 Chapter 1 The Girl in the Chicken Coop The wind blew hard and joggled the water of the ocean, sending ripples across its surface. Then the wind pushed the edges of the ripples until they became waves, and shoved the waves around until they became billows. The billows rolled dreadfully high, higher even than the tops of houses. Some of them, indeed, rolled as high as the tops of tall trees, and seemed like mountains, and the gulfs between the great billows were like deep valleys. All this mad dashing and splashing of the waters of the big ocean, which the mischievous wind caused without any good reason whatever, resulted in a terrible storm, and a storm on the ocean is liable to cut many queer pranks and do a lot of damage. At the time the wind began to blow, a ship was sailing far out upon the waters. When the waves began to tumble and toss and to grow bigger and bigger, the ship rolled up and down and tipped sideways, first one way and then the other, and was jostled around so roughly that even the sailormen had to hold fast to the ropes and railings to keep themselves from being swept away by the wind or pitched headlong into the sea. 
and the clouds were so thick in the sky that the sunlight couldn't get through them, so that the day grew dark as night, which added to the terrors of the storm. The captain of the ship was not afraid, because he had seen storms before, and had sailed his ship through them in safety, but he knew that his passengers would be in danger if they tried to stay on deck. So he put them all into the cabin and told them to stay there until the storm was over, and to keep brave hearts and not be scared, and all would be well with them. Now, among these passengers was a little Kansas girl named Dorothy Gale, who was going with her Uncle Henry to Australia to visit some relatives they had never before seen. Uncle Henry, you must know, was not very well. Because he had been working so hard on his Kansas farm that his health had given way and left him weak and nervous. So he left Aunt Em at home to watch after the hired men and to take care of the farm, while he traveled far away to Australia to visit his cousins and have a good rest. Dorothy was eager to go with him on this journey, and Uncle Henry thought she would be good company and help cheer him up, so he decided to take her along. The little girl was quite an experienced traveler, for she had once been carried by a cyclone as far away from home as the marvelous land of Oz, and she had met with a good many adventures in that strange country before she managed to get back to Kansas again. So she wasn't easily frightened whatever happened, and when the wind began to howl and whistle and the waves began to tumble and toss, our little girl didn't mind the uproar the least bit. Of course, we'll have to stay in the cabin, she said to Uncle Henry and the other passengers, and keep as quiet as possible until the storm is over. For the captain says, if we go on deck, we may be blown overboard. No one wanted to risk such an accident as that, you may be sure, so all the passengers stayed huddled up in the dark cabin, listening to the shrieking of the storm and the creaking of the masts and rigging, and trying to keep from bumping into one another when the ship tipped sideways. Dorothy had almost fallen asleep when she was aroused with a start to find that Uncle Henry was missing. She couldn't imagine where he had gone, and as he was not very strong, she began to worry about him, and to fear he might have been careless enough to go on deck. In that case, he would be in great danger unless he instantly came down again. The fact was that Uncle Henry had gone to lie down in his little sleeping berth, but Dorothy did not know that. She only remembered that Aunt Em had cautioned her to take good care of her uncle, so at once she decided to go on deck and find him, in spite of the fact that the tempest was now worse than ever, and the ship was plunging in a really dreadful manner. Indeed, the little girl found it was as much as she could do to mount the stairs to the deck, and as soon as she got there, the wind struck her so fiercely that it almost tore away the skirts of her dress. Yet Dorothy felt a sort of joyous excitement in defying the storm, and while she held fast to the railing, she peered around through the gloom and thought she saw the dim form of a man clinging to a mast not far away from her. This might be her uncle, so she called as loudly as she could, Uncle Henry, Uncle Henry. But the wind screeched and howled so madly that she scarce heard her own voice, and the man certainly failed to hear her, for he did not move. Dorothy decided she must go to him, so she made a dash forward during a lull in the storm to where a big square chicken coop had been lashed to the deck with ropes. 
She reached this place in safety, but no sooner had she seized fast hold of the slats of the big box in which the chickens were kept than the wind, as if enraged because the little girl dared to resist its power, suddenly redoubled its fury. With a scream like that of an angry giant, it tore away the ropes that held the coop and lifted it high into the air with Dorothy still clinging to the slats. Around and over it whirled, this way and that, and a few minutes later the chicken coop dropped far away into the sea, where the big waves caught it and slid it uphill to a foaming crest, and then downhill into a deep valley, as if it were nothing more than a plaything to keep them amused. Dorothy had a good ducking, you may be sure, but she didn't lose her presence of mind even for a second. She kept tight hold of the stout slats, and as soon as she could get the water out of her eyes, she saw that the wind had ripped the cover from the coop, and the poor chickens were fluttering away in every direction, being blown by the wind until they looked like feather dusters without handles. The bottom of the coop was made of thick boards, so Dorothy found she was clinging to a sort of raft, with sides of slats, which readily bore up her weight. After coughing the water out of her throat and getting her breath again, she managed to climb over the slats and stand upon the firm wooden bottom of the coop, which supported her easily enough. Why, I've got a ship of my own, she thought, more amused than frightened at her sudden change of condition, and then, as the coop climbed up to the top of a big wave, she looked eagerly around for the ship from which she had been blown. It was far, far away by this time. Perhaps no one on board had yet missed her, or knew of her strange adventure. Down into a valley, between the waves, the coop swept her, and when she climbed another crest, the ship looked like a toy boat. It was such a long way off. Soon it had entirely disappeared in the gloom, and then Dorothy gave a sigh of regret at parting with Uncle Henry, and began to wonder what was going to happen to her next. Just now she was tossing on the bosom of a big ocean, with nothing to keep her afloat but a miserable wooden hen coop that had a plank bottom and slatted sides, through which the water constantly splashed and wetted her through to the skin. And there was nothing to eat when she became hungry, as she was sure to do before long, and no fresh water to drink, and no dry clothes to put on. Well, I declare, she exclaimed with a laugh. You're in a pretty fix, Dorothy Gale, I can tell you, and I haven't the least idea how you're going to get out of it. As if to add to her troubles, the night was now creeping on, and the gray clouds overhead changed to inky blackness. But the wind, as if satisfied at last with its mischievous pranks, stopped blowing this ocean and hurried away to another part of the world to blow something else. So that the waves, not being joggled any more, began to quiet down and behave themselves. It was lucky for Dorothy, I think, that the storm subsided. Otherwise, brave though she was, I fear she might have perished. Many children in her place would have wept and given way to despair. But because Dorothy had encountered so many adventures and come safely through them, it did not occur to her at this time to be especially afraid. She was wet and uncomfortable, it is true, but, after sighing that one sigh I told you of, 
she managed to recall some of her customary cheerfulness and decided to patiently await whatever her fate might be. By and by the black clouds rolled away and showed a blue sky overhead with a silver moon shining sweetly in the middle of it and little stars winking merrily at Dorothy when she looked their way. The coop did not toss around any more but rode the waves more gently, almost like a cradle rocking, so that the floor upon which Dorothy stood was no longer swept by water coming through the slats. Seeing this, and being quite exhausted by the excitement of the past few hours, the little girl decided that sleep would be the best thing to restore her strength, and the easiest way in which she could pass the time. The floor was damp, and she was herself wringing wet, but fortunately this was a warm climate, and she did not feel at all cold. So she sat down in a corner of the coop, leaned her back against the slats, nodded at the friendly stars before she closed her eyes, and was asleep in half a minute. End of chapter 1